Ahoy there, mateys, and welcome back to No Man's Dawn. I'm Luke, he, him, and sometimes they, them. And I'm Janine, she, they. And this is the podcast where we're going through One Piece, chunk of episodes by chunk of episodes, and doing fan casts of the characters with contemporary at the time Simpsons characters, or characters in The Simpsons who had already premiered. We actually remember to uh, explain what the show is before we got distracted by bits. Well, the the bits are pretty good. They're they're not actually. Now that I think about it, I think that there's been like a string of bits where I either get confused or like I get ranty at the beginning, and it kind of like sets up things inside of like a unhinged energy from the start that like i don't think we ever recover from by the end of the episode i mean there's also times where i'm not fully paying attention to what you said and that's really why i'm a fan of the arby's big beef and cheddar sandwiches i don't necessarily like with the arby's sauce on it like i appreciate when they ask if you want that or not because it shouldn't be seen as standard But yes, welcome. So, <laughs> well, One Piece. One Piece. Uh, that's the name of the treasure in the Grand Line. Uh, so, Janine, I've got good news. What is the good news? Uh, I've been reading the manga. Like, I started that, like, two episodes back. And you can read. Yes, I can. Luffy and Zoro kissed. And then, oh, wait, no, this is non-canonical. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, uh, I hit volume 100 today. Or, well, last, no, I was reading up late last night, so I hit 100 today. Congratulations. Um, how long did, did it take to get between, uh, like, 1 and 100 for you to read? And how long did it take for 1 and 100 to get published uh so it took me like maybe reading 45 minutes or so every night about three weeks or so minus the times when i would like edit uh plus a few times where i was just reading during the day like a weirdo um and it took the manga like over 25 years to get there it started in 1997 and uh chapter 1000 came out or in japan last year well they're gonna have to uh start making them faster because you just keep on getting through them mm-hmm. that's that's me i i am a mindless consumer of media uh also i read like over 150 chapters of Yu-Gi-Oh in this past week on like a two-day spree and then i was just like oh i need to do actual work 
But uh, getting back to what this show is about, and not just talking about how much I read too much like a nerd, uh, I had a... Mint. Uh, in the last episode, I want to clarify, I do not have any issues with Avril Lavigne, but I will still give, I will still goof on Nickelback. I, I just wanted to clarify that. I feel that's like the safe area of things now, because while there was like a lot of hate up on Avril Lavigne, when she had premiered, I think in retrospective, um, her place inside of pop punk and, um, you know, the pop scene in general could really see like a shifting at the time, even up onto the much more, you know, female demographic pushed things that went away from the sort of just like, you know, just singer and diva and started moving much more towards as female bands that would then like start paving the way for um, how other people who played much more harder music, much more respectable music came along a lot later. I don't want to say like completely paved from before that, but just because there was like a familiarity, it wasn't as seen as like a big deal. She helped to bring a more recent public acceptance to female rockers in the mainstream in a way that hadn't been seen for quite a while because of the resurgence of the pop stars like your Christina Aguilera's and Britney Spears at the time who were more objectified than treated as actual musicians in their own right and helped to bring that back, unfortunately enforcing a dichotomy of what female musicians can be. We talk about yes. One Piece and we talk about The Simpsons on this podcast. That has to deal with neither. That was just a little bit of bonus. Another podcast that Luke and I probably could have been able to do. But we're doing this one instead. What are we doing today, Luke? Uh, we are going to read off names of multiple female musicians songs and then i have to figure out if it's avril lavigne or taylor swift and i am going to do horribly at this game we're gonna be throwing some stuff in from both of their country stints too just to make it even harder on you Oof, i am all out of faith that's natalie and brilia uh but no we are going to be covering uh the bunch of one piece episodes that released in japan between october 28th and december 9th 2001 and we are back into simpsons season time my friend we are also in that era where fox is both like hey uh we really love having the simpsons on but we will preempt you if we need for baseball because you know that's how we get our money not like now, where uh, Simpsons is a major, even larger franchise at this point than I think it was back in 2001. It's a weird thing to think about. Mm -hmm. uh, episodes that released during this time were Treehouse of Horror 12. Uh, that's the one where Homer and all of his loved ones are cursed. There's the Pierce Brosnan, I believe, uh, Murder Robot House, and... You get a, yeah, 
it was Pierce Brosnan, and you also get a Harry Potter thing because <laughs> times they are a changing. Uh, there was also the parent rap where Homer and Bart, and then Homer and Marge are tethered together by Judge Constance Harm. Homer the Mo, where Mo makes the bar trendy, and so Homer opens a garage bar. REM appears in there. Uh, a hunk of hunk of Burns in Love, where Burns falls in love with Snake's ex, and the Blunder Years, where a hypnotist makes Homer remember that he found a corpse in a body of water as a child. Uh, we got a bunch of new characters who we can now use. Jane, are you ready for some of these ones we can use? Sure, let's name off a couple. Yoda. Lord Montymord. Judge Constance Harm. Rumbelina. Michael Stipe. Chinese Humongous and Mesmerino. I remember it wasn't too long ago we actually wanted to use Judge Constance Harm. Uh, our, one of our guests did, and it was like a pretty good stopping, like, you know, gave us some pause, but then like it, we just found out that it was just too late, just a little bit. Yep, that was literally the last episode. Chris wanted to use her for Dr. Correa. And it would, honestly, I think, I feel personally, make a pretty good fit, but that's not the game that we play. The game that we play has stupid weird rules that we apply to ourselves, and we gotta go with them all the time. That we do. Uh, we also have to go and list off the episodes that we covered in this episode. So we're covering episodes 85 through 91 of One Piece, which include Dream of the Outcasts, the quack Dr. Hiralux. Hiralux Cherry Blossoms and Inherited Will. Against Waffles Army Corps, the abilities of the Baku Baku No Me or Munch Munch Fruit. Zoan type Devil's Fruit, Chopper's seven level transformation. When the kingdom's rule is over, the flag of conviction lasts forever. Here Lux Cherry Blossoms, Miracle of the Drum Rockies. Farewell, Drum Island. I'm going out to sea. And I did want to know, they did adapt all of this into a movie that I think works a lot better than the one that kind of adapts the uh, Alabasta arc that we have starting next episode uh, with some minor changes that I think work well. Um, but yeah, these are some damn good episodes, aren't they, Janine? They are. Um, I had just just um, the last couple of episodes um, I found myself just ugly crying, just like really fucking into it. Um, and I like, you know, it wasn't until the ending credits were done and they were like saying things for the next episode that it was just like, yeah, I think, I think I'm in it now. Like, I think like without the podcast, I'm still going to keep up and still keep watching One Piece because it's just like, it's, it's hooked me before to kind of like convince me that this is like good to watch, but now this is like 
I I gotta watch it. Yeah, like there are maybe two arcs that really, three arcs that really don't work well for me. Uh, one of them where a lot of people drop off. Uh, like that's not too far away, but like, yeah, Doctor Hero Luck and Drum Island are great. Let's see here. I think the best thing that I liked that these episodes had done um, and why I'm glad that we held off on um, naming Tony. Yeah, is because there was just a lot of story that they kind of kept and then just kind of like fed into it as you kept on going they did the one piece thing where people keep on like missing each other like that we saw before but now it's just like played up to like it seems kind of like weirdly realistic right like oh what what have what's been going on over here while all of this is happening absolutely nothing because they have no idea that anything is happening over there i mean it's I love it. It's it. It's pretty well paced compared to the pacing of other arcs that came before. They do a really good job of splitting the party and like giving everyone something to do. And it, it it's one of those things where I feel like a lot of animes can sort of fall into a point where it's like, well, our solution is going to be everyone has, like, one specific villain that they have to fight that's kind of, like, paired to their abilities. And you don't get that with uh, One Piece that often. There's a few arcs where they do it, and I think it works well, but they also work to subvert it. Right, right. And I think, like, this one, like, it just goes to show you that, like... um. Oda? No. The name of the king. Wap. Uh, Wapple. Yeah. Yeah. Wapple himself is pretty easily handled. Like, before they even get to the island, he's already dealt with. He just, like, comes back later and, like, isn't really, like, that much of, like, a problem. He's just tricky in some situations, and they had other things that were, like, bearing down on them that made, you know, shit worse for them. Like the Lopins. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or, like, an entire avalanche. So, one of the, well, like, two of the things that they change in the movie is, uh, Wapple has a brother, and it's like, uh, Sure. And then also the first, uh, they never like run into Wapple out on the sea, and so really he just comes in. Uh, his ships get wrecked while he is away, but Wapple's like first thing that he does back on the island is like, "Hey, I need to remind these people they need to be afraid of me," and so he shoots the cannons at the Rockies that causes the avalanche, and it's like. Rice, that really works for him being a complete piece of shit. Because, like, the Lappins are 
sentient and uh like i i can understand them attacking but the fact that they would like cause a massive avalanche that would also threaten them themselves is kind of like mm, that's that's a bit far if you if you make it wobble just being a complete asshole i think it works a bit more but uh yeah i gotta sum this up so are you ready to give you the sum of all the episodes yeah go ahead and summarize me all right so uh dr kareha explains chopper's origins to nami and sanji because luffy is still chasing around chopper wanting him to join the crew so dr hiraluk was a rogue doctor who would forcibly cure people but his medicine was really not good and he and Dr. Kareha were being hunted by Wapple's guards as part of the doctor hunt because they were still doctoring against Wapple's orders. Dr. Hiraluk ran into Chopper, who was bleeding in the snow, and while Chopper initially attacked Dr. Hiraluk because he saw Hiraluk had a gun, Hiraluk just strips himself nude and is like, hey, you can trust me. And he was able to help with Chopper's entries and gave him the name Tony Tony Chopper which comes from uh, Tanaki, the Japanese word for reindeer. Which I feel is like something that the, at least the dub doesn't really explain. I don't think I really like saw it in the sub, but to be honest, I also wasn't paying attention too much on that part. Fair enough. Uh, so here, Luck wants to save the soul of the Drum Kingdom by bringing cherry blossoms to land because he once heard a legend about a thief that was cured by seeing cherry blossoms. And so he has his own pirate flag, a skull and crossbones with cherry blossoms. And he vows to fight diseases like a pirate would and tells Chopper that he should go out to sea someday. And they, like, bond and, like, start being great friends until Hirolek just kicks Chopper out without warning. And Chopper, who is literally just a poor sweet child who has been like turned away by every other living thing, has no idea what is going on. And so he hurts himself so that Dr. Hirolek would help him. But instead, Hirolek shoots at him, bringing back all those traumas. And it's like, no, Chopper, my poor sweet son. It, it's rough. <laughs> You can see how distressed we have become. Yeah, Chopper. Chopper's very important. Uh, so Hiroluk heads to Dr. Kareha because he's dying and she gives him 10 days to live. And Hiroluk is glad because he is almost done with this cherry blossom project that he has spent the last 30 years working on because he was the thief who was saved by cherry blossoms. And Dr. Kareha thinks his plan is pointless. And... He still wants to save the kingdom and prove nothing is important. And Chopper overhears this part of the conversation and wants to go and cure his dad, essentially, by looking for a cure. And he sets out to look for a mushroom because he heard that the 20 doctors are looking for them. And he thinks that mushrooms can help Dr. Hiraluk, who in the meantime finishes his project. So, like, Chopper risks life and limb, even fighting the other reindeer who don't like him, and brings back a mushroom to save Dr. Hiraluk and begs to learn how to become a doctor. 
And Waffle, meanwhile, just being a complete shitbag, is like, hey, uh, we're going to spread a rumor that all the 20 doctors in our country are sick and they need help. Because he wants to lure Hiroluk and Kareha. So Hiroluk uh, ends up eating the mushroom that Chopper brought him back and promises Chopper that he is going to become a great doctor. And uh, Dr. Kareha tells Hiroluk about the 20 doctors being sick. And Hiroluk's like, yeah, well, here's the powder. Please finish my project and teach my son how to become a doctor. And she's like, no, which is kind of fair. <laughs> like that's a lot to ask for a uh like medical partner not even that far so dr greyhouse worried about here luck and finds out that chopper is celebrating because he thinks that he saved his dad and he's like hey this is the mushroom that i got my dad it's got that pirate symbol on it which means it can defeat anything and the poor sweet baby has poisoned his dad because he cannot read and just thought the skull and crossbones poison sign was the pirate sign. It, it, it's, it's truly tragic. Truly, truly tragic. And so Hirlock arrives at the castle and he finds out that it was a trap which relieves him because nobody needed help. And he, in a surely badass moment is like hey waffle all your men do you know when a person dies some people forget about you and dalton who's the captain of the guard at this time is touched by hirolik's words and hirolik promises that he will cure the people of the country and he tells dalton to look after his son who's going to be coming uh toasts into the sky gets shot, and then blows himself up outside of the castle, which... Golly gosh! Like, it's some good stuff. It's some tough emotional stuff. Yeah, it's not really... It's it's kind of predictable how the beats go, but it doesn't make anything hurt less. No, like... There's very much a, you know, bad things are going to happen, but if it's done well, it feels earned and, like, true in a way. Like, we are dealing with, in a way, some very operatic characters and archetypes here. And it it's just got that good balance that you need. And so initially Chopper attacks and Dalton... Uh, goes to meet him and asks him to leave and apologizes because the world is shitty and Chopper retreats because he is too weak and Dalton's like, hey, I want this country to die and so he gets thrown into jail by Waffle. Uh, Chopper asks his doctor Kareha to teach him how to become a doctor so he can learn how to treat everything and so he spends the next six years with Dr. Kareha while Dalton is in jail for likely all that time. So we then cut back to the present. Chess and Kuromarimo and Wapple finally get up to the top of the castle and Kareha is like, hey, Wapple, you don't own it. You left the country. And Luffy almost goes Wapple there. And then he realizes that it is cold again and he has to borrow Nami's coat because his own coat got destroyed climbing up the mountain. 
So Wobble, knowing he is in for a fight, uses the Munch Munch factory to eat Chess and Kuro Marimo, reforming them into Chess Marimo, a hybrid of the two. Like, they never get into what it actually is. Like, are they a singular entity? Are they just stacked up? It's it's elder chore in a way. Well, um, on the sub, Zoro just says, like, that's just one guy on another guy's shoulders. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can see that also there being a universe where they're just inside of, like, a new outfit and are just Mecha Shiva-ing it, but also, like really in character and really getting into it and like you know synchronizing everything that they say kind of like as like a front to like make the king think that it also worked but you know it's it's weird it's it's stupid and um i kind of hate that they just use polymerization to make like a new man that's two man so one of the points where the anime and the manga differ is like the anime is like, oh yeah, uh, in an unofficial story, they somehow get separated. But like in all their other appearances, which are really just movies that are more or less non-canonical, they're stuck together. Like they never come apart. And like there's more stuff that gets seen of Waffle's powers and it's like, no, they're likely a uh, flesh monster under there. That's terrible. I'm so glad they're all covered up as much as they are now. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, just like Scanners at the end of the movie. So Wapo tries to shoot here like Cherry Blossom flag off the castle and... Basically, he's trying to provoke a fight, and Luffy gets back out, and he's like, hey, I'm going to go take Waffle, you go and take Chess Marimo. Sanji tries to help, but he is too injured to really do anything. And Chopper, in this battle, sees that like Luffy is also a weird freak, and he's like, oh, okay, that makes things a little bit better. And uh, so Chopper... Uh, is like, hey, my dad would want me to forgive you, but I'm not down with that. So he pulls out a rumble ball, which gives him an additional uh, set of four forms for a limited period of three minutes. And he uses all of these to uh, dodge long enough that he is able to, like, find Chesmaramo's weaknesses and take them out. Meanwhile, uh, like, back down in the villages, the 20 doctors go to save Dalton because they're like, hey, yeah, no, you were right the entire time. You and uh, Dr. Hiroa. Vivi, Zoro, and Usopp show up, and they decide to head back up to the mountain, along with Dalton, who's pretty much ready to do whatever it takes to stop Waffle from retaking the castle. We also get a like Greymo and Wurusop's like, yeah, Dalton, I'll carry you the entire way. And he just does not have the strength. I, I love Usopp. Out of curiosity, who is your favorite Straw Hat crew member at this point? At this point, it's, it's really hard to tell. I mean, 
I do love how how all of them are just like themselves but at 11 it's it's like community where every single person in it is a weirdo and you have one character that you think is going to be like the normal one that kind of like has to be like the ringleader for all of them but then you find out that they're also kind of like a little bit weird too would that be nami yes yeah they they all do have their own frequencies Anyway, so yeah, they are heading back up to the tram uh, that they found that is connected between Dr. Kareha's house and the castle. So Luffy, meanwhile, got distracted by Chopper's powers, which is fair. Like, it's a good battle. And Waffle went inside the castle looking to uh, get access to the armory that's in there. He sees Nami, chases after her, but he... He is too slow, so he eats himself, which is a new type of vor, I think. And uh, he catches her briefly before Luffy knocks him back. Nami decides that she is going to charge Luffy for destroying her coat. And Waffle, meanwhile, uh, goes to open up the armory, and he is unaware that Nami stole the key. So he ends up heading to the biggest weapon, the Tin Titan Cannon. Luffy finds him, though. The cannon no longer works because it is a nest for snowbirds at this point. And Wapple tries to blast Luffy, but he escapes. And then Luffy shoots him off into the sky using a gum gum bazooka, defeating him. And because they stopped updating, uh, or they stopped adapting the uh, chapter cover series... We don't see Waffle for, like, 800 episodes? Well, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did want to note that um, one thing that I noticed that kind of stood out that I wonder if it did for you, and, I, and I'm just curious if this mm-hmm. is a purposeful connection, but uh, Wapple's forms of um, Slim Wapple and Wapple Wapple, uh, I did see um, immediately before um, resemblance to the Heat Miser, and then just Long Wapple is just basically Snow Miser in, in the same physicality. I'm wondering, was that on purpose, or is that just like... It's more of like a Wario Waluigi situation. So I think this. I've got to see when did Waluigi first appear? Uh, I mean, he would have appeared the in the year 2000. Uh, I think that would have been contemporary to the manga coming out. But uh, the Heat Miser, Cold Miser thing, I don't know how big Rankin-Bass is over in Japan. It's not something that's come up in the SBSs. So mm. I, I do not have a confirmed answer. But that is an interesting thing that I have not thought about before. But also, my main Rankin-Bass was the uh, Rudolph 
I think that's the same for a lot of people that are Santa Claus is coming to town. We had like a VHS of the top songs and we also had the uh, Frosty the Snowman that wasn't stop motion, but was still Rankin Bass produced. Hmm. Christmas traditions. Yeah, we we would just like see clips of the other ones and be like, this is weird. Because then you also get into the stuff where it's like, well, we've got to go and save baby New Year. He's been kidnapped by Benjamin Franklin or some shit like that. <laughs> I mean, I think I kind of thought that that's what it was kind of going for because they did specifically have um chopper be a blue nosed reindeer and like having like an adjective in front of nosed and then the word reindeer i don't know if like just rudolph has just been like that popular but oh i mean rudolph is i i I think rudolph is that popular i don't necessarily know if the heat miser and cold miser from year without a santa claus are but i i could be wrong who knows if you uh, have an answer and you know, tell everybody right. else. Let's let I will get one of my friends who can write in Japanese to send this question, and we just need to put in a bunch of references to tips, and we will get it answered. Okay. Ichiro Oda's uh, question segments are wild because. There start to become recurring people who frequently answer questions or frequently ask questions, and a large percentage of them are horny related. Huh. And I got to a point in like volume ninety where it's like, oh, hey, one of the guys who's become sort of a meme for frequently asking questions, and then Oda kind of being sarcastically angry about things. Uh, Oda finds out that this guy has the largest One Piece collection in the world, like a Guinness-ranked one, and is also a major Japanese YouTube star. Dang. And it's like, (laughs) wow! This pervert's got things going for him. Yeah. Damn. Guy's got so horny that he lives like made a following yep one piece is weird one piece is weird i mean we haven't even gotten to some of the like this is all still just like low level strange as as strange as it is what i find uh great is just the amount of heart that's in it Mm -hmm. oh yeah I mean, this one was like definitely anti-fascist, uh, pro-universal healthcare. If I've ever seen something like that, even if like you know, universal healthcare is everybody gets treated, and I'll just take whatever I want from you. Hmm. Uh. So, uh, Chopper decides that he wants to stay behind because he thinks he's too weird to be a crew member and even a friend, and Luffy just refuses to take no for an answer. Reha, meanwhile, has been moving the castle cannon armory outside. And it turns out that uh, she wanted Nami and Sanji to save for two more days and also is going to take all their treasure. Nami's like, hey, I got this key. 
and Dr. Kareha more or less lets her use that to pay for everything, including leaving early. And we also got the great scene where everyone like gets up to the top of the mountain and it's like, oh, Waffle's already gone. Great. Just a wonderful, yeah, the rest of the party was here. They kind of had their own stuff to do. That's good enough. And so Chopper comes to say goodbye to Dr. Kreha and tells her that he wants to become a pirate, and she chastises him, and when he stands up to her, she starts attacking him to chase him away. So Chopper steals her sleigh to grab the straw hats, and they leap off the mountain into the night sky, uh, running across the rope, and as they disappear into the snow, Dalton asks Dr. Kreha if she regrets things as she cries, because he is also her son. And then she shoots the cannons into the sky using Dr. Hirolux potion to turn all of the falling snow in the kingdom pink. And it looks just like cherry blossoms, achieving Dr. Hirolux's dream to restore the kingdom. And Chopper gets to see his dad's dream come true. And she wishes her son the best. It's, it, it, it's beautiful. Like, they earn it. I fucking cried so hard. And it's also like a realistic thing that happens in nature. Or more because we fucked up the environment. Like the snow turning different colors. Science. And so But it's it's on purpose this time and it's really sweet. It is, it is. It is like a beautiful moment. Uh, the crew welcomes Chopper to the ship with a party, and Chopper finds out that they also now consider him one of their friends. Haru, who froze in the river, reveals that he tried to save Zoro, and Chopper reveals that he can also talk to animals. And Chopper is worried because he forgot his bag, and then Nami reveals that it was already packed in the sleigh, and he puts together that Dr. Kareha left for him. It was great. And the pirates continue to celebrate their new friend. And as he waits, we also get a scene where Dalton thinks back to a time at the World Summit where uh, everyone was talking about the dangers of Dragon. That guy came back, Janine. And oh. Waffle's like, I don't give a shit. I control my country with an iron fist. Y'all just suck. And uh, Cobra Nefertari, or Nefertari Cobra, depending on what re what order you're reading it in, uh, Vivi's dad is like, hey, yeah, we're, we're all kind of in this together. Uh, Dalton got to see a younger Princess Vivi who was slapped by Waffle, and he basically wanted to make an incident, and Vivi, knowing how important that it was to keep the peace, just kind of had to walk it off, even though it really fucking hurt. Which, I mean... Yeah. Waffle just sucks. Yeah, fuck Waffle, man. <laughs> Controversial takes here. Uh, a villager. I don't know, also... like any anybody who's just gonna like throw doctors into the sea and then keep all of them for himself. Mm -hmm. I don't. No, I don't think that there's gonna be anybody who's gonna be like, well, what what you see is that what it did was really made it like state health care. Uh, just whenever he was feeling like it, he could just have a doctor every once in a while. 
I mean, Wapo did inspire one of my first D and D characters. Amazing! But... You have you have to clarify because there's a lot. Wapple is a uh, lot. I wanted a character who could eat through anything. Ah, okay. Yeah, and there were some specific mods. There was also some Luffy in there uh, because I had access to uh, the Lords of Madness book of aberrations, and it was just like, yeah, here's a feat where you can digest anything. And here's one where you can just stretch. And it was like, yeah, that's good enough for me. And then I died like three games in. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Don't live your life like Wobbles, everybody. Yep. <laughs> You'll die in a pool of acid because you don't fully understand the game you're playing. Uh, a villager suddenly remembers a mysterious pirate named Ace who was searching for Blackbeard who came and told them that he was going to be waiting in Alabasta for Luffy and to pass on the message, which didn't happen. And Kareha asks if Dalton knows about Gold D. Roger and says the spirit of D still lives. It's not Gold Roger, Janine. It's Gold D. Roger. Okay. It'll be important later on uh the crew also i hate that oh my god (laughs) (laughs) they're going to give you the d janine it's fine okay all Uh, right let's let's keep going and then we also get a uh reiteration of the current scenario with crocodile and baroque works including some hints at the remaining officer agents and then we also see that Mr. Two Bon Clay landed on Little Garden where he was supposed to kill Mr. Three, didn't find him, and he's like, hey, if I don't kill Mr. Three, we're probably all going to get killed. And Crocodile hears a report of pirate attacks and sets out to handle them as the hero of Alabasta. We went off on some tangents there, but I think we got through pretty quick considering there was a lot there. Not just story, but emotion as well. Yeah. I emotioned so hard. Same. All right. So uh, I did want to give a shout out to the gang over at the One Piece podcast, uh, including Steve Yurko, who were willing to give us some shout outs and help to kind of promote the show while also promoting a artist search that we did. We'll get to that in a bit later. We have five characters to match, uh, starting with Chopper. And we also have five fans who have also suggested characters. So I have four brand new ones, Janine. How do we want to start this? Do you want to give me yours? Should I read mine? Should we go over the fan ones? Hmm. Let's go over the fan ones first. Uh, All right. Sandoro suggested Data, which I believe I had suggested. Yep. uh, Last time. Uh, Mike P suggested Rotter Todd, whoever is younger. uh, That would be Todd Flanders. Uh, Olin, uh, who thank you very much for like, engaging with the Twitter and everything, suggested the Clown Doctor, who we have used, and then suggested the Leprechaun, who we do now have access to. Uh, Bo, who did the wonderful logo art 
before the podcast suggested the he's already dead kid initially uh they had thought that that was a flanders it is not a flanders kid it is just a kid who has the flanders children's voice that's when homer beats up the hamburglar dressed as crusty good times Mm -hmm. and then scott suggested ralph or martin uh so i had four going in some very different uh paths than we had last time and i won't go into any of the ones that i have right now because well we'll save the arguments and her witness side for arguments so i had pepe uh homer's little brother who he adopts when bart gets a older brother dash dingo the star of dash dingo who is essentially a knockoff crash bandicoot TV's Doogie Hauser. And last in my wild idea column, I have Smiling Joe Fission. Janine, who do you have? Sorry, I'm still reeling from TV's Doogie Hauser. Yeah, TV's Doogie Hauser, who was played by Neil Patrick Harris, but they don't actually credit him as Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, that was in the episode Bart the Murderer, where he plays Bart in the made-for-TV movie about the incident. Oh my god. Remember TV's Doogie Hauser was still a child? Is it... I We have a child doctor. <laughs> like, yes. in the running already. <laughs> yeah. The child doctor, too. I mean... Follow your heart. <laughs> All right. Well, let me throw down some of my picks. Oh, yeah. We're I doing can this be able... style. Yes. Okay, here we go. I still think Poochie. Uh-huh. I think um, a lot of the cool and radical transformations and fighting still in my heart thinks that this character kind of steals every single um scene that he's in i this is coming as a person who's seen more of the show i think you chopper who is out for revenge is very different than who chopper becomes which is not a bad thing chopper is also like the youngest member of the crew and it's essentially a child who is also a doctor. He is not as rad as I think a coochie would be. But sorry, go go and give me your others. Mojo. Uh, Homer's supper monkey? Yes, the exact one. I feel, because I feel like that after watching that very last episode, that it's very possible that Chopper gets into a Mojo-like situation where he's just, like, progressively just more corrupted by the buffoonery that goes around, like, around him. That he'll just become just, like, this, I don't know, boy with the rest of them. They're just a rowdy group of boys. I mean, that's not wrong. 
I, I was also laughing because one of the things that they've started doing more recently in the question segments in the One Piece manga is they'll do a, hey, could you show us what these characters will be at, be like at 40 and 60 years old? And both of them and all of them have like a good future and a bad future. And I'm just remembering uh, Evil Chopper. <laughs> evil 60-year-old Chopper. Uh, all right. And who else do you have? My final one. Sir loves a lot. Because this little guy, he can love a lot. Mm-hmm. We've we've got a strong bunch here. So I I think Mojo, your reasons are good. I think your fate of Mojo is not necessarily appropriate for Chopper compared to Pepe. Because Pepe is a child who wants a father figure, who comes from a rough background with a family that we never see that essentially abandons him, who is willing to listen to anybody, including absolute idiots who don't know what they're talking about and who will potentially do harmful things and who has uh, parental figures kind of willing to sacrifice themselves over complicated relationships with things. Also, Pepe is cute. (laughs) (laughs) But also, TV's Dookie Houser. TV's Doogie Hauser. Follow your heart. Now, I feel like much more compelled to that because we didn't get Neil Patrick Harris. We got TV's Doogie Hauser. Hauser. Yes. Which makes me think is Doogie Hauser real in The Simpsons? No. Uh, he is an actor who's just credited. He... He's just credited as TV's Doogie Hauser. Uh, yes, let me, I will say he looks evil in a way that I don't think is appropriate for Chopper, the good sweet boy. I, I don't know. I think that the, the okay, idea check, of check like. Uh, that, 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 uh, Phoebe's 2E Hauser is very unrelaxo. Oh my god. I want to do it more now. <laughs> I mean there there are times when like that that little reindeer looks like a badass and it kind of and still has the cute little hat basically gives me the same vibes as this like still cute and adorable but also a loaded gun like I just it speaks to me. I mean, are you also familiar with Smile and Joe Fission? I think I'll need an update on that one. I think I need a refresher. All right. So Smile and Joe Fission uh, fits for a few different ways. Uh, For one thing, he is a abomination of science. Uh, He is designed to be cute, 
even though he represents nuclear power. Also, he wears a hat that is pink. Also, he can transform because nuclear energy. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I was very proud of that one. Oh. They're both so good. <laughs> Between TV's Doogie. Between TV's Doogie Hauser. Smiling, smiling Joe Fission. Oh, man. I'm going. <laughs> out of those two, I'm more on the side of Smile and Joe Fission. Because he's got a hat. And that way we can title the episode TV's Doogie Hauser. I don't know. Hmm. This this one's really hard. This one's just so hard. Um. Let's wait on this right now and come back to it. There. Let's let let this sit for a while. We have other names that we don't want to hold up too much. Yep. It's, we don't want to get stuck. On, we don't want to get stuck on the first one. All right. Uh, up next, we have Doctor Herolock. Uh, I only have one suggestion for him because I think it's perfect. Uh, Janine, what do you have? I have Professor Frank. Fair. Uh, because he does invent things and he is a bit of a quack. Are you are you ready for me to hit this proverbial baseball out of the park? Sure. Dr. S, the Spirograph Man. This country will be healed when Spirographs make their return, Janine. My God. He's got crazy hair. He's got the vibe. My God. You know, <laughs> I worried that we weren't going to find somebody who was as big and of an incompetent quack because we, we used Dr. Nick Riviera uh, so, so early in this podcast. Mm -hmm. And you did not disappoint in finding a character and unlocking a memory inside of me of <laughs> just exactly what I wanted. So Dr. Spiro Dr. S. Spirograph, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, up next, we have Chess Mario, who I debated having on as their own separate entity since they don't have their own birthday. Which I guess would probably be whenever they, it would be like halfway, the average of their two birthdays. But also. I, I would just do like, just like, just two birthdays. Fair. Also, they do appear on a Waffles team in One Piece Going Baseball as Chess Marimo, as opposed to two separate baseball players. Uh, yeah, I wasn't entirely sure if we were going to rank them all. Uh, who did you have? I had Burns Homer. The mm. combination, a weird thing that happens when Burns has 
his head surgically installed on Homer inside a treehouse of horror, making this a separate Homer that is usable. So I've got two other treehouse of horror picks for you. One of them was just kind of a throwaway. The other was a, I'm heading back and this is a correct answer. Uh, so just a throwaway was the Bart Hugo that we get initially, because they are conjoined. The second one that I have is Linny and Carl, who are both crushed together by the same wing in Moe's bar, and they die around the exact same time, because they are two homies, and it fits with the casting of Chess and Cur- uh, of Linny and Carl as Chess and Carl Maramo that we've already had. Huh. I mean, if that one fits. Yeah, I mean, it's a treehouse of horror. It's their own thing, and we're going back to characters we already used. Right, yeah. To tell you the truth, Burns Homer was just like the first instance that I found of two characters that were one character. Fair enough. Well, we'll do uh, Lenny and Carl Who Die in the treehouse of horror that we discussed this episode. Uh, That would be 12. Uh, we then have Nefertari Cobra. Cobra! Uh, I had two options because I was trying to think of political leaders who have good reputations but who also have to go through a bunch of shit because of people who don't like them. That was the vibe? Okay. That's more of... He is the king of a kingdom that a who is being used to kick him out of office. Yeah. Uh, so I had Jimmy Carter and Al Gore. Huh. Good picks, good picks. I had the Simpson that shoots birds at the airport. I really didn't know if this guy was going to show up again. And the only thing that I got, like that was in my head was just like, um, a relative of somebody, I guess maybe important, probably not too smart to find out that, you know, he's going to get stabbed in the back soon. Oh, no. Like that's a three stars for, uh, the full series. So he he has a big role to play coming up. Okay. But Let's say Al Gore. All right, it's time to party. Al Gore, whose daughter was a writer for The Simpsons, if I remember correctly. No, she was a writer for Futurama which is how he did actual cameos on that show. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right, and then we have Thalassa Lucas. That's my name! Uh, who only appears in this one scene, but is given a name, and he kind of sucks. Uh, going back to politicians... I <laughs> Jimmy Carter and Adelaide Stevenson. Oh, those are some good ones. 
Who did he who have? Uh, Judge Roy Snyder. I was just throwing stuff out there. I mean, again, like I didn't know like too much of the importance of like oh. this guy going forward. Now it's just like this this guy just like looks stuck up and like has authorities. So I just went with like the first thing that just popped in my head. Fair enough. Uh, I feel like Adelaide Stevenson will have less of a long term use, so we could just throw Adelaide Stevenson. Are you putting Jimmy Carter inside of the Uter pile? He's closer to the Uter pile than Adelaide Stevenson is. Do you know who Adelaide Stevenson is? I'm going to be honest with you. No. <laughs> he was twice uh, the Democratic nominee for President of the United States. And he was also, uh, his dad was vice president, the 23rd vice president. Wow. Mm -hmm. Strange how the political figures from um, landscape of 20 years ago um, become relevant inside of a pretend podcast where two friends try to mash these pieces together of One Piece and The Simpsons. One Piece. You get your Stevenson. All right. And uh, now we're back to Smile and Joe Fishin versus PV's Doogie Howser. I PV's Doogie Howser scares me too much. Uh, sometimes it's good to be scared. Sometimes <laughs> that's just the future knocking, and you're not quite ready yet. See art in the future of just uh, Neil Patrick Harris drawn in the Simpsons style dressed up as Bart Simpson down the road multiple <laughs> times in different pieces of art. Yeah. It, it, to tell you it, the it, truth, I am ready for it, especially if every single time he has the gun. <laughs> 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 Chopper would not use the gun. Chopper hates guns, Janine. Yeah, but that just makes Chopper more like Batman. I mean, like... Ah! <laughs> Chop Chopper is a lethal weapon. <laughs> Which lethal weapon is he? The fourth one. I think that one has Joe Pesci. I've only seen the first one. Who knows? Oh, I love how I put TV's Doogie Howser on as a joke, and now it has come back to bite me.
Listen, if it wasn't for TV's Jerky Hauser, I'd still be arguing Mojo. <laughs> Even though Pepe fits more for what you liked about Mojo? Yeah. I mean... There is more of a Pepe and Mojo vibe than a TV's Doogie Hauser or Smile and Joe Fission. Smile and Joe Fission has the hat. Pepe is cuter than Mojo. Because, <laughs> I mean, the cuteness, I think, is an important factor that we need to bring in here. What? Neil Patrick Harris is a cute boy. But Neil Patrick Harris is not who we're talking about here, Janine. We're talking about TV's Dookie <laughs> Hauser. <laughs> My God. What have I done? Okay. We are at a standoff. And I... I'm going to Google something. I have a important question for you. Ooh, this is ominous. Yes, it is. Because, Janine, I know that there is one thing that you absolutely do not want to have happen here. What's that? A full Luke sweep. <laughs> and currently I've got four out of the five that's right that's right you do the thought of dear sweet chopper as TV's Doogie Hauser is very much a noose that I've given you that is tightening around my own neck as we continue and well Smile and Joe Fission does have a hat and is cute. You know who else has a hat? Who is not on my list. And it is not a metal helmet. Poochie. So what you're saying is... Much like the world leaders at the Global Summit in One Piece who meet at Marie Joie, I am willing to in the effort of supporting peace, give you Poochie Chopper. Uh, <laughs> wiggity, wiggity, Poochie's in the house. Yes. I'll take it. Also, Poochie would have the will of D. <laughs> D. That's true. All right, so... I hope all of you are on the edge of your seats and not doing any other sort of edge sitting because it's, it's dangerous for multiple reasons. Uh, to go over the choices that we have made today that are unchangeable and will only serve to haunt us in the dark futures that we are heading into. Uh, as a side note, I... Abby and I finished watching the most recent season of The Simpsons, and the last episode about how Midley or how uh, the uh, middle class jobs are vanishing is really, really depressing and sad, and also kind of funny. Um, 
but much I lost my point there. Uh but yeah. Anyways, for Chopper we have Pucci. For Dr. <laughs> we have Dr. S, the Spirograph Man. For Chess Marimo, we have Lenny and Carl who die. For Nefertari Cobra, we have Al Gore, and for Thalassa Lucas, we have Adlai Stevenson. We have preserved peace. <laughs> we, nar- we narrowly avoided TV's Doogie Hauser Chopper. TV's Doogie Hauser will return in Guardians of the Galaxy 4. What if I made that as a joke and then it comes true? Oh my god. I wouldn't be surprised at this point. Uh, anyways, next time, we finally reach Alabasta. Luffy becomes the worst Jesse Pinkman, and we get a hot himbo. Uh, finally. Look forward to that in two weeks. Uh, yeah. Also, if you don't follow us on Twitter, which you can find us at, at Domance, that is D-O-H-M-A-N-C-E, uh, we put out a call. Uh, Colt, who has done all of the other covers up to this point, needed to take a step back because uh, he is busy being a fireman and taking care of himself. Remember to take care, uh, take a break when you need it. Don't burn your candle at both ends. Um, yeah, so we have brought on a new artist who is done this cover uh that would be mike Patton, who you can find on twitter at at Patton pending that is p-a-t-t-e-n-p-e-n-d-i-n-g uh janine where can people find you online you could be able to find me online at janine juliet on twitter and in various luke hair podcast productions hell yeah i'm i've got like two more weeks of my Ravnica established property playhouse and then I can get back to figuring out uh, Fallout Grandpa's Cheese Barn. Oh my god. I forgot about that. Yeah, no, I I have like notes out for it. I've, I've just been too busy. Like, I've got the loose outline for everything. I've got some production art made. Like, it's happening. It's happening. Uh, you can find more out about that at, at Coltreg. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. Or you can visit my website that I don't update often enough, LukeHair.com. Really, Twitter is the best way to reach me unless you have my email, which you probably can't figure that out. Because it's probably nothing super simple at all. Uh, Janine, uh, if they want to go and check out our podcast, they can go to domancedawn.com that's d-o-h-m-a-n-c-e-d-a-w-n which is a tumblr if you just listen on there we don't always get the uh listens uh recorded in our numbers and we really like those numbers so if you are watching on the tumblr that is great please leave us a review or go into the nearest itunes apple store and like just download the podcast and make people listen to it yeah and we should also mention the uh twitter that's at domance um Mm -hmm. then that's where people can be able to go so that they can be able to participate and every episode we ask for help with the name like you heard before if 
if you're listening right now, you have a Twitter and you want uh, to hear your name on a podcast, you can do that. Or you can start a Twitter to do that and then come back to it two years later and then you're just on Twitter and you can't get off like I did. That's also possible. <laughs> and uh, sorry, I was trying to look up if anyone had a specific note for uh, the guy whose name I was trying to remember. Uh, but yeah. So that's kind of uh, it for this episode. We'll be back in two weeks, most likely with a guest. And we look forward to you joining us. Oh, and if you like want to tell one friend about this podcast or want to retweet one of our posts, that also really helps. Uh, thank you very much again for listening to the show, and we'll see you in two more weeks. And then I'm going to burp. Yep. Oh, shit. This is yet another time that I'm just going to have to keep talking. Ooh. Excuse Whoa. me.